It's Monday the 20th of June. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shane, how are you, mate? Are you feeling nice and peaceful today? I am feeling somewhat peaceful. I've had a, had a nice weekend, albeit I've got three young kids running around the house driving me up the wall. But uh, no, pretty good, Tim. It was, it, was a, it was a good weekend. Good good weather, actually. I've got a little round of golf in yesterday afternoon, so uh, I can't complain too much, mate. Yeah, someone said to me a few years ago, parenting is the hardest job that you want to do, the hardest job that you want to do. I was, look, I was, interesting, I was flicking through, and on the subject of uh, keeping peace, uh, flicking mm. through some articles that our producer flicked across, and Iceland has been ranked the most peaceful country in the world. I suppose you freeze your cherries off, but it's the most peaceful <laughs> country in the world, followed by New Zealand and Ireland. Interesting. There you go. Well, I've been down a temple bar in Ireland, and uh, on a Friday night, it, some, it wasn't quite that peaceful that night because a few blokes get into fights. But, uh, yep, not been to Iceland, Reykjavik. Uh, New Zealand is a beautiful place. So I can vouch for two out of those three, mate. Yeah, New Zealand, particularly Queenstown and, and playing golf on uh, Jack's yeah. point, looking up at the Remarkables. I wouldn't think playing cricket for Australia and New Zealand is very peaceful. They, they really carry on, <laughs> don't they? They're spectators. They sure do, mate, but uh, it's all in good spirit, Tim. Oh, that's good. Even if you get a fish chucked at you. All right, today we have England and their cricket team absolutely crushing a world record. Nick Kyrgios is in great form ahead of Wimbledon. And in the Rugby League, New South Wales make big changes. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Holy smoke, England's gone off like a firecracker in this one-day game. They've scored nearly 500 runs. I know they were playing the Netherlands, Shane, but boy, oh boy. An absolute dream start for Matthew Mott, his uh, first game as England one-day coach. He was our um, the pillar. No, he was our uh, women's Australian coach for many years. Very successful there, Matty Mott, mm. the former Queenslander and played Sheffield Shield for Victoria. Yeah, off to an absolute flyer, mate. And it would have been the first team ever to score 500 in a 50-over game. England, four for 498. They hit 25 sixes and 36 fours. Uh, Roy, Salt, McLean, Butler, all scoring hundreds. And, uh, yeah, the Dutch, let's just say they're probably not up to one-day standard just yet. No, not quite there. But, um, look, it wouldn't matter if you who you're playing. Nearly 500 mm. runs is, is is off the charts. Who would have ever thought it a few years ago? Now, uh, Stuart McGill, um, look, you and I both know him pretty well. Uh, this has always been a troubling article, hasn't it, for the past year and a half. He's, he's opened up a bit more on uh, what went down. Yeah, it's... Uh from what he reported the other night on on Channel Seven, it was uh, a very harrowing experience. I'm I'm sure, and um, yeah, he's had, he's had a tough tough couple of years, Stuart, and uh, he needs to get his life back into order. Um, I think he probably would have done this uh, interview to actually get a few dollars because he can't 
with all that's gone down, he can't even get employment. So he's in a real tough time at the moment. And um, look, I just hope the Australian Cricket Association are getting around him, him and supporting him. Um, whether he's done right or wrong, we don't know. But um, yeah, he was a fantastic cricketer and he's having a very, very tough period in his life here. Yeah, well, that's that's why these associations are there, mm. uh, to help those that uh, are down on their luck. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. Hopefully uh, there's good dialogue going on there. Now, in the world of tennis, Nick Kyrgios, I, I enjoyed reading a piece here about his love-hate relationship with the game of tennis, and it sort of can be seen when you watch him play because he's either rocks or diamonds. He really is. But he's in a rare, uh, rich vein of form at the moment. Yeah, he's going into the semi-finals in the, uh, one of the lead-up tournaments to Wimbledon. He made he made the call earlier in the year. Said he's the best grass tennis court player in the world at the moment. And uh, well, he absolutely flogged Pablo Carino Busta six four six two. It goes into the semi-finals now. And look, if he gets if he gets on a bit of a roll, but you never know with Nick. You know, he can go from one game playing absolutely brilliantly to having a game where he should win, and he just implodes and. I think whatever he tries to justify to himself why he's doing well, that's when things go pear-shaped. I think he should just like try and not think about the results, just just play tennis. They can get the shits tennis players, can't they? Like this Eugenie Bouchard <laughs> story withdrawing from Wimbledon over the ranking points controversy. There's always something going on. Well, yeah, she's withdrawn. Um, Wimbledon, due to the fact that they banned the Russians and the Belarus, were downgraded on ranking points. It means that when players play there, they don't get certain points if they do well. Look, mm. Bouchard, she's... Um, the Canadian, she's pretty much doing full-time modelling now these days anyway, so I think it's just an excuse for her to pull out. Yeah, um, tennis, uh, it's an interesting game. Now, mm. Phil Mickelson, uh, plus 11, um, Mr. Cart, just all over the shop at the US Open, and it's disappointing, isn't it, Like to watch this career, multiple major winner. Um, it's been drama after drama. Yeah, well, he's he shot eight over in the first round, I think 78 second round, and was ended up 11 over, so he didn't make the cut. Um, it's funny how they were allowed to play in this tournament, Tim, uh, by even after joining the LIV, the, the Rebel Tour. Um, but it just goes to show where his head's at. He's, he's lost all his sponsors. He's moving away, so he's got to deal with the crowds. He said the crowds were pretty good towards him, um, but I'm, I'm sure he's coming to terms with that. Becoming a terms with a hell of a lot of cash, just jumping into his bank account as well. So, whether the passion's there anymore, Tim, I don't know. I doubt it. Well, if, if the rumours are right, the cash will come in and go out. He's yeah. a, uh, that those stories about his punting. Mm. Yeah, well, be, well, fifty-six million dollars last year. So there's a big, big hole in his uh, in his bank account there. So, look, you, I've always said this all along. You can't blame someone for uh, taking money to secure their future, uh, whether it's right or wrong. Um, we've seen. These rebel tours, we've seen it in cricket, we've seen it in a rugby union, we've seen it in rugby league. Um, it's happened in every sport. And uh, why should the US control the game of golf? Um, whether this is the right rebel tour, I don't know. But uh, yeah, Phil Mickelson, he clearly hasn't got his head right. Resilience is a huge thing in sport. Uh, Shana Jack went through all the trials and tribulations of the doping ban. Um, she pleaded her innocence. Um, she was given the ban. She served it. Uh, highly emotional. And now she's come out the other side and claimed the World Championship gold medal. So, look, to her, um, well done because we mm. we say this to everyone who wants to be successful at sport. You know, there may be some hiccups along the way, not just sport, just 
life, work, whatever. You just got to stay in the game, don't you? Yep. Uh, look, and I agree, Tim. Congratulations to her. 2019, her world was turned upside down when she tested positive to a anabolic steroid. Uh, she's given a four-year ban then, and which pretty much closes off your career. She uh, appealed that and uh, was given only two years. But yeah, she's finally come back and she anchored the 4 by 100 meter freestyle. The girls won gold in Budapest in Hungary. So that would be a huge moment for her. She's had some really dark times. Um, whether she uh, was guilty or not in her own mind, um, she has served the ban. She's done her time and uh, everyone deserves a second chance. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Stay with us. We're going to talk NRL, all the origin news, and, of course, a big story in the AFL around Jordan Degoe that's coming up. Yeah, this was a real blow-up on one of the TV shows, the AFL TV shows, regarding Jordan Dugowie and him going off to Bali in the mid-season break and whether he should have been allowed to go and then the pictures of him and uh, a young lady. Now, look, my view on this, Shane, Mm. is I know he's had trouble, but you can't go and stop someone from living. Uh, You can't go and stop them going on a trip. And those photos are are just part of the illicit nature of social media. The girls come out and said she's absolutely fine. So how about you just relax on this one? Yeah, totally agree. Um, You can't start telling people what what they can and can't do. Saying that, Tim, the guy uh, had had pleaded guilty to harassment charges in the US just recently. He's brought his own name and the the Collingwood Club's name into disrepute. Um, Letting him go off mid-season to to Bali, I don't think was a very, very smart idea by the club. And, uh, you know, he's done nothing wrong here. The girl, as I said that, she supported him totally. Um, But he's pretty bloody stupid too, sort of putting himself in that situation. He's been given another chance by the club and by the AFL. He needs to make the most of it. He's got to be a bit smarter than that. Seven changes for the New South Wales team, and I, I really get a feeling that you, this young Joseph Suwali uh, may make his origin debut. I watched him again in a losing side uh, for the Roosters against Parramatta. He's not 19 until September, but he's just an extraordinary athlete. Yeah, something special about him, isn't there? Well, look, they reckon potentially making the debut for the Blues is Burton, McLean, Radley, Talakai, Suwali, and Nico Hines as well. So, yeah, wholesale changes. Tim, what what do you think? Do you think we'll go okay? It's, it, it seems to um, potentially for a game that we have to win, having potentially that many guys making their debut is a big, big call from Fittler. Yeah, but then you've got Jake Trebojevic coming back and a few other things mm. like that. I don't mind it. Um, the, the the look of the team, they we're only four points away last time and I think a couple of players didn't yep. play well. So um, mm. it, it is the top level of, of sport, uh, well, the top level of rugby league. So I don't mind the changes and I actually think we might sneak home in Perth. Um, that would set it up for a sensational final game in uh, in Brisbane. I like the whole idea of Appy Corusau on the bench. He's playing great footy. Yeah. And, I, and I also think Crichton being in the centres will help Cleary and Luai. And I don't think that those two could play as poorly by their lofty standards uh, yeah. again. So um, that's my view for, for next weekend. And I, I really hope we beat them. Boy, so I don't do know I. if I could put up with it. Um, <laughs> now, I like this story about Andrew Gaze. Uh, anyone that watched him play, particularly in and around the Olympics when the Australian team 
was was battling hard to sort of get in that top eight, he would just sink those three pointers from everywhere. He was an extraordinary player, played in the NBA, has gone on to be an amazing coach. Of course, his dad was a wonderful coach, both both at club and international level, and he's been uh, elevated to the legend status in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, huge, isn't it? And, and as you said, Tim joins his dad there, and uh, what, what an amazing achievement, not only... Um, on the sporting field, on, on the court of basketball, and yeah, as you said, played in the NBA. Um, just a great role model, uh, a, a really top bloke. Um, he's a fantastic commentator. He lives and breathes and has always supported basketball domestically, and um, he really, really deserves his status. And uh, well done to Andrew Gaze, a superstar of the sport. Yeah, well, some good netball on the weekend as well, of mm. course. Uh, captain's acrobatic feat. That's the that's the headline as the Giants defeat the Magpies to stay alive in the Super Netball Finals. And uh, the athleticism of netball players is is quite extraordinary. Their great challenge always has been just to, to break into that extra tier of, uh, you know, exposure for the game. Um, but if you love the game, it is fantastic. Well, they're doing everything right. They're, there's no doubt uh, watching this game, the Giants defeating the Magpies and... Um, some of the stuff that the girls are now doing on court is unbelievable. They, they are, the girls are strong, they're tall, and they're super fast. Um, they put their bodies under serious duress, like the stop-start nature. And you know, a lot of them end up with really, really bad ankle and knee injuries. And, um, yeah, they're doing some amazing stuff. And I think they have to to compete in the, in the very competitive landscape of sport in this country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and it looked like an upset might be on the cards when the Magpies took that 28-25 lead in half to, at half time, but um, uh, Joe Hart and Sophie Dwyer, there, there was so much brilliant stuff. So uh, well done to the uh, the Giants in that particular game of netball. Now to finish us off today, um, your brother and his commentary. <laughs> he's gone on to be a very successful commentator. He has made his uh, he's commentating very well now. But when he started, uh, I remember listening in a few times, and I could almost I felt like almost choosing the words for him as he was sort of uh, trying to come up with the right sentences to explain what was going on on the TV. Um, saying that, I think he's a fantastic commentator now and you know, spending a lot of time over in, over in India and commentating the IPL has definitely improved that. But one that made me laugh, I had to almost pull the car over driving back from Wollongong listening to Brett commentating in one of his first test matches with James Brayshaw. And James Brayshaw was asking Brett as a fast bowler, what was it like, um, the relationship between a captain and and a fast bowler, and Brett said, often Steve would pull him off just before lunch. And then James Brayshaw said, that's a very interesting relationship between a captain and a fast bowler, Brett. <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing. Brett was clearly embarrassed with his choice of words and, uh, yeah, gave me a good laugh. I think I woke up my uh, my son who was asleep. He was only about two at the time in the back of the car and, uh, yeah, very, very good. <laughs> very good laugh for me. It's amazing when you put some words with other words, how huh? it can change the context, huh? <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors. District Brasserie, Tim, the place to go in town, Chifley Tower. Check it out, guys. Great lunch venue. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building.
Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.